0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to On Deck with Josh. It's your boy, Josh, and I'm ready. I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm excited to get started in today's episode. I do want to mention that I hope everyone is safe and sound right now. I know it's pretty crazy. Obviously, you got the whole coronavirus thing going on, but of course, you also got all this snow and ice. You know, it's, it's cold. It's preventing a lot of trucks from delivering to a lot of local grocery stores or markets or big chain markets like Walmart. And so there's no food, there's no meat, water, milk, eggs, so on and so forth. So just stay strong, guys, stay safe. And I know a lot of us are having power outages, but this will all come to an end pretty soon. Um, here in Texas, man, we got a bunch of snow everywhere. I haven't even been able to go to work, like my actual job. So I needed to stop so I can get to work. But anyway, let's talk baseball, guys. I do know I forgot to mention a few things last um episode which was yesterday i forgot to mention some things that i completely it just slipped my mind so i want to talk about it today because i took some notes so i don't forget first of all the mariners they signed a two-year deal with ken giles great pickup um and in case you did not know he is going to be getting tommy john surgery or, or got tommy john surgery so he will not be pitching this season in 2021 however he will be pitching in 2022 I think it's a great pickup for the Mariners, number one, because Ken Giles can be one of the best relief pitchers out there. So it's a good deal for them for two reasons. Number one, in 2022, if they are competing, he can become that relief pitcher that will be their go-to, period. He can become a closer or even as a setup man to set up whoever else they have as a closer or they decide to have as a closer. And the, the, the guy, man, he could just deliver. You know what I mean? So great pickup in that aspect. However, if they are not competing, if the Mariners are still in dead last and they have no ways of getting to the playoffs, but Ken Giles is producing, then they can actually trade him, use him as bait, and they can get so much in return as long as he's producing, of course, and they could keep preparing for their future, you know, since they've been preparing for their future for like the last 20 years. <laughs> but anyway, it's also a good thing for Ken Giles, however, so he can prove himself coming off of Tommy John surgery. And if he produces very well, becomes a free agent, he can get a bigger, fatter dollar contract, you know, kind of has to prove himself. But anyway, good pickup for for the, the, the Mariners. But I also think it's a good deal for Ken Giles himself. Marwin Gonzalez to the Boston Red Sox for $3 million. I like it. I like it. $3 million is not a lot of money. And I like the fact that Marwin Gonzalez is very versatile. Homeboy can play infield, outfield. You can move him around. He can become your DH for a game or two if you want. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't simply because his bat has not been the same as of late. So pretty much here's the story, and I'm going to keep it really short. 2017. Houston Astros, greatest team alive, right? They were, whatever, really good. Everyone knows they were cheating. Teammates were banging in trash cans. He knew what pitches were coming. So his OPS was amazing. He was doing very good. I wouldn't say amazing, but it was really good. His OPS was very good. He was smacking the ball around, hitting the gaps. And then they got cheating. And all of a sudden, every single season since then, his numbers have been dropping. So his bat itself I would say is if not average right below average nothing special but I do like the versatility and for 3 million dollars I don't think it's not I, I don't think it's that bad so you know it just kind of sucks that he's not going to have a teammate banging in trash cans in Boston for him to produce offensively but 3 million hey It's not bad. You can't go wrong with that. David Phelps to the Blue Jays for a one-year, $1.75 million contract. And it also has bonuses available of $750,000 based on his performance. So that's pretty cool. It kind of gives an incentive for David Phelps to produce, you know, and and put up some good numbers. For the Blue Jays, you just never know um, what you're going to get out of David Phelps. Are you going to get the David Phelps who can be an extremely good relief pitcher or – you know, a below average relief pitcher. So for 1.75 million, I don't think it's a bad deal. Um, But for the Blue Jays, personally, I think I would have gone for someone else simply because you're battling it out with the Yankees to try to win that AL East title. You know, you do have the Rays and you do have the Red Sox as well. Um, But I personally believe these two teams, the Yankees and the Blue Jays, are the two top dogs in that division hunting for that first place. I think Boston and Tampa are going to be battling for the number three and four spots. And, well, the Orioles, we, we love you. We love you, Orioles. Rich Hill and Colin McHugh both go to the Rays. Speaking of Tampa Bay, so these guys lost Blake Snail, which people will probably hate that move, but a lot of people probably love that move as well. And these two guys, Hill and McHugh, they may not be Blake Snails, but they are both bona fide pitchers. They're both pretty darn solid. Rich Hill, obviously, we all know is a little bit older, but my boy produces, man. Year after year, he doesn't care what his age is. He still puts up good numbers, and I like it. I like him, actually. And McHugh, I love his versatility. He can come out of the bench. I'm sorry, not the bench. He can come out of your bullpen, long relief, one inning, two innings, whatever, or he can also be part of your rotation. Um, And, of course, we're all going to remember him in the World Series versus the Dodgers starting Game 7. He can, uh, McHugh is good. I like McHugh. Um, so for the Rays, yes, I think these are two really good pickups. Still, though, I don't think that puts you in the top two. I really don't. I think, in my opinion, this makes them the solid number three team in the AO East. But, hey, I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before, and I'm mad enough to admit it when I'm wrong. Um, But moving on, Jay Bruce signed a minor league deal with the Yankees. Uh, I think it's a great pickup. Number one, it's a cheap contract, a minor league deal. Number two, if he does succeed in spring training and make the big league club, which I really believe he will. Number, I mean, Jay Bruce is really underrated defensively. I got to mention that. His defense is not bad. Yes, it's been it's declined some, you know, obviously he's getting older, but his defense is still pretty good. He has a solid arm and then of course the bat. You know, he's not going to hit for a high average, but Yankee Stadium, you got that right-field porch where, where you feel like you can get to it in three steps, and he's a left-handed hitter with a lot of pop. I can see him hitting over 20 homers, uh, depending on his health, of course. So, you know, it's, it's a good pickup. It's a good pickup, minor league deal, cheap, and, you know, again, one of those low-risk, high-rewards kind of thing. So, nice pickup for the Yankees. Austin Barnes, catcher, Austin Barnes is going back to L.A., the Dodgers, on a two-year deal. It's a great pickup for them. Obviously, they have history together. Barnes played with them, came up with them, whatever. And he's going to be their backup catcher. And I think that's amazing because his defense is really good. He knows how to call games extremely well. Um, And his bat, though it's not crazy good, he can come up in clutch moments and come through. I'm not saying I would want him to be in one of my clutch key moments, but he's actually came through in the past for them, including the postseason. So it's pretty cool. And I would not be surprised if other pitchers prefer having him catch them over Will Smith. Nothing against Will Smith. He's their, obviously their starter. He's going to be great for the Dodgers if you know he stays healthy. But I think there are those pitchers that just have a preference in catcher. And who wouldn't trust Austin Barnes after he's proven himself so much, you know? So Austin Barnes is probably going to catch about a third of all the games for the Dodgers, um, whereas Will Smith will probably catch the other two-thirds. So that's what I believe is going to happen. Um, Yusmero Petit and Sergio Romo both going to Oakland. I think that's pretty cool. Sergio Romo obviously has experience and and history pitching in the Bay Area, uh, except he was with the Giants. This time it'll be in Oakland. And I think it could be a good thing for him, you know, in a – in a ballpark like the the Coliseum in Oakland, you know, it might be a good thing for Sergio to pitch there. His numbers may be better than they've been as of late. Not that he's been a terrible pitcher, but, hey, he might become an even better pitcher. Um, and then there's something about the Oakland A's. I don't know if it's their management or pitching coaches or or maybe the teammates share a lot of info with each other. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, a lot of pitchers that go to Oakland turn out to be really good pitchers. It's crazy, I know, but it, it's it's almost true. Uh, but Romo, I like Romo myself. I think it's good. I think it's good for him. And then Petit, if you know the word consistency, you know who Petit is. You can look it up in the dictionary and you'll see a picture of him year after year Okay, I know I said I was not going to be biased, but he was with the Angels, and then the Angels just let him walk. They opened the door for him. And since then, the guy has been great. I hate it. I hate it when the Angels do that. And he was a free agent, and they still didn't sign him. And I'm like, bro, like, here are my glasses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, as I mentioned, I'm going to try my best not to be biased. So no more Angel talk. Use Merrill petit to the Oakland A's great pickup consistency to the key to the dot. Uh, it's a big move and it's a really good move, uh, for the Oakland A's. Now, moving on the Mets, the Mets signed Mike Montgomery and Tommy Hunter to minor league deals each. Uh, you know, pretty good pickup. Um, I think because it's the Mets, they're battling it out. So any help will help kind of thing. Um, you know, let's get into it. Tommy Hunter didn't do too bad for the uh, the Phillies. I'm sorry, Phillies last season. So I like that pickup more uh, because he wasn't bad. And you know, Philly, we all know the balls fly there yet. He did pretty darn good. So it's a great pickup and it's a cheap deal. Can't complain with that. However, Mike Montgomery is kind of one of those again, low risk, high reward kind of thing. Yes. Very cheap pickup, but what form is he going to be in, you know, is he going to be a a good left-handed pitcher that can get left-handed batters out, or is he going to just not be good, you know? But the fact that they're, that they're both minor league pickups, I like that. It's good, and it's a low-risk, high-reward for both pitchers, although I do think Tommy Hunter is a better uh, pickup for them. So, yeah, but as far as Montgomery goes, he just needs to uh, attack the strike zone more, um, to be more successful, he throws a lot of pitches, uh, which can be a bad thing, of course. Uh, but he does keep the ball in the ballpark, so that's a good thing too. The Braves they signed Jason Kipnis to a minor league deal. That's really cool, really good. He's a cheap deal. You know, he's obviously not that all-star, extremely popular guy from Cleveland anymore. Uh, but he can he can give you that extra base hit pop coming off the back. Uh, the, the the bench, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's a grinder at the plate. We all know he won't swing at the first and second pitch most of the time. He takes, you know, a good four pitches per at-bat, I want to say. So he he's good. And, and he may not hit for a high average anymore, but he can still drive and run. So he really wants to fight for a position. Um, with the Braves, I think he might be coming off the bench. But, hey, you just never know. Uh, but I do think it's a big pickup for them. The Indians, speaking of the devil, just signed Billy Hamilton to a minor league deal. Eh, it's no biggie. Uh, we all know he's not going to be a starter. Um, Billy Hamilton was never a great hitter. You know, even in the minors, I think his average was like a two eighty-seven or something like that, which obviously if you translate that to MLB, it's not the greatest, especially um, – when that's your career minor league average. Uh, but anyway, I know a lot of you don't care about batting, uh, batting average, but it is a big deal when it comes down to your leadoff guy or who should be your leadoff guy, especially because he doesn't take many walks. You know, if, if you told me someone had a low average but their on-base percentage was high, I'm okay with that. But my boy doesn't walk, and he also doesn't get base hits much often. So... What good is he for? Stealing. Correct. He's going to be coming off the bench to play some defense, which is not bad, uh, but mostly to get on base and just run for them, run for them. uh, But, honestly, it is a minor league deal, so he needs to make the big league club first. Uh, If he doesn't, I obviously can't see him getting the call-up towards the end of the season. But, um, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Moving on, the Yankees also signed – catcher, Robinson Torino's on a minor league deal. Great pickup. Um, I, I think it's really good, especially the fact that it's a minor league deal. That kind of shocked me a little bit, to be honest. But he, he's probably going to be Gary Sanchez's backup catcher, or will Gary Sanchez be traded? Huh. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying I have any news on that, but we all know that um, Cashman kind of threw Gary Sanchez out there after Sanchez was complaining about getting sat out last season, Um, you know, and, and, and Cashman said it as it is, you know, he wasn't producing. And if you don't produce, you don't play. So yeah, I I think that's going to be interesting. Sanchez may not like this, but Hey, if he gets traded, Torino's would not be a bad starter to be honest. Um, Offensively, obviously you would prefer Gary Sanchez because he has a lot of power, But Chirinos is a bigger upgrade at defense um, and past balls, man. Like, Gary Sanchez lets anything get past him, whereas Chirinos isn't like that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I personally think Chirinos will be the backup, and maybe if Gary Sanchez isn't producing, and I'm doing the air quotes here, um, I can see the Yankees trading him, you know. Maybe they'll need more pitching help or something down the line. But we'll see. We'll see. But staying with the Yankees, they are nearing a deal. Nearing is the key word. It has not happened. But with left-handed pitcher Justin Wilson. uh, And the Mets have said that they are out on Wilson, um, which is pretty, pretty weird because Justin Wilson has actually been very good with the Mets in the last two seasons. He has a combined ERA of 2.91, and he has 67 strikeouts in 58 and two-thirds of innings pitched. Uh, He's holding lefties to hitting 115 off of him, 115, a batting average. They've only had two walks and one extra base hit in 30 plate appearances. So what in the heck are the Mets doing not signing this guy or re-signing him, I should say, when he was a great pitcher for them and they're trying to win the AL East? I am not understanding this. You got Bryce Harper from the Phillies. You got Uh, Juan Soto from the Nationals. The Braves have a lot of, I can't even think think right now, but Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman is like, really? (laughs) Why are the Mets giving up on this guy? But the Yankees are in on him, and supposedly they are near a deal with Justin Wilson. So I don't know why the Mets are out. Um, But if Yankees do get him, it's going to be a big slap in the face. He's a high strikeout guy. Uh, He does walk a lot. Of people per nine inning, but he does keep the ball in the yard, which is a big thing. So it would be a definitely be a big pickup for the Yankees if they did get him. And again, it would be a slap in the face to the Mets. A big slap. Um, Yeah. So moving on, the Padres, they added right handed pitcher Keanu, uh, Keon Kella. I'm sorry. Keon Kella. It's a great pickup for San Diego. They bolster up that bullpen even more. Um, I remember Kella from Pittsburgh. And he's been pretty good throughout his career. Um, You know, even though last season was terrible per se, overall, he's been a really good pitcher. So that's a good pickup for the Padres, bolstering up that bullpen with this pickup. Personally, I think I want to give the edge to the Padres bullpen over the Dodgers and the rotations bullpen. I'm sorry, the rotation of the Padres, I want to give it over the Dodgers as well. Slightly on both. However, the lineup now that Turner is back with the Dodgers, you know, I want to say Dodgers have a better lineup, more reliable lineup. Pitching, though, I want to give it to the Padres. Um, depending on the health, of course, guys. We're we're talking if everyone's healthy. So, yeah. But Kella pickup is amazing. Uh, he's a high strikeout pitcher that keeps the ball in the field as well. He doesn't give up too many home runs, which is Very important, but he also doesn't give that many extra base hits, which is important as well. Uh, He could get a little trouble into a little bit of trouble with walks, but I think overall he's he's pretty darn solid. So, man, that that Padres Dodgers lineup, I'm sorry, rivalry is very very hot, and it's I think everyone's going to be tuning into it. The Padres are just man; these guys really really want it, and I love that. I I wish every team was like that, like the Pirates, I believe their, their payroll is like 30 million for the whole team combined. That is terrible. You know, if, if you, if you can't afford to bolster up your team, and you don't even have to waste as much money as the Dodgers, you know, but if you can't get up there in like the 70, $80 million mark, why not trade the, you know, sell the team? And I'm saying trade because I can't think right now. I can't talk, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not going to invest in your product, then why even have it you know in your in your business why even have that business why not just sell it to someone who would care about the city would care about the fans about the organization the players the managers and everybody and try to build something that's at least at least relatable in baseball as far as com- competition you know we're talking MLB guys not just ah, let's do it for fun but anyway That's my rant for today. Moving on, let's talk a little bit of softball. A lot of college softball games are being canceled due to the weather. So there wasn't many games, actually. I think there was only like two games. And that was New Mexico and Liberty University. Um, And so it was a doubleheader. And Liberty swept New Mexico State in the doubleheader. It was 7-2 and 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 11-2. So in Game 1, you have Amber Bishop Riley, who went 2-for-4 with her 50th career home run at Liberty University. So that's the second most in program history, second to Jessica Moore, who has 58. She had 58 home runs from 2005 and 2007. So Amber Riley is right there. She's trying to get to that 58 mark. And in Game 2, as I mentioned, Liberty won 11-2. And, again, Amber Bishop Riley goes deep for the second game in a row with a three-run home run. So the first one was a solo shot. This one was a three-run shot. Now she has 51 career home runs for Liberty. She's seven home runs shy of tying up that record. And, hey, eight homer's away from breaking it. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I'm crossing my fingers because I want to see some history. So I hope she does break it. And the freshman, Mackenzie Wagoner, I could be saying that wrong, and I apologize if I am. She won her first career start. Um, You know, she gave up two runs, three hits. She struck out seven and only walked three. I, I say only because it was her first game as a freshman. I know I'd be extremely nervous and rattled, but, hey, she kept composure, only allowed those three hits and two runs, right? So she's the first freshman to win her first career start since Angler did it in 2017. And that's the most strikeouts in her first career start since DiMartino struck out seven back in 2016. So I think those two, um, you know, for game two, those two highlighted something for me because, well, number one, Amber Bishop, Riley, is going for that record in home runs. And then for McKenzie Wagner to strike out seven, you know, and get a, a win on the very first start as a freshman, pretty darn cool. So not many games, like I said, guys, that was pretty much it for softball. But um, once this weather clears up and it gets better, I am definitely looking forward to that and trying to watch more games and, and just, you know, share it with you guys, the listeners. So, yeah, that's all I got for today, guys. Oh, no, I am lying. I do have one more thing to talk about. One more thing. The what? Who is this? Uh, baseball prosper Prospectus, whatever. I can't even talk. Baseball Pros, they leaked out. With, or not leaked out, but they shared their projected twenty twenty one standings for m l b and not just them it was also fangraphs. but let's go over um the first one, which was baseball pros baseball pro, prospectus I think it is prospectus, and I can't read <laughs> why do i suck <laughs> anyway, this one was funny. I don't like it I don't know if it if it was a joke. But let me read it with you guys, and you guys obviously can share what you believe is going to be the standings. Uh, you can email me at ondeckwithjosh at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, if this is absurd, because I think it is. But anyway, let me share it with you. AL East, they have the Yankees, the Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and the Orioles. I don't think that's right. It's not terrible, though, because you can make that argument numbers one through four in the AL East. You can flip around however you want. However, I don't see the Yankees going anywhere south of second place, nor do I see the Blue Jays, but that's my opinion, of course. The AL Central, they have the Twins, the Indians, White Sox, Royals, Detroit. I do agree with Detroit being in last place, and I do agree with the Royals being in fourth. However, I do not see the White Sox being in third place. And although they have them with a winning record on this, um, the projected standings here, they have them with 83 wins and 79 losses. I think that's wrong. Um, In fact, I have the Indians in third place. And I personally have the Twins in second and the White Sox in first. But that's my opinion. Um, That's a little weird. And then the AOS, they have Houston Astros, my Angels, the Oakland A's, Seattle in Texas. Personally, Seattle should be in last place. Texas should be in fourth. <laughs> it's going to hurt me to say this, but Angels, I see them as a third-place team right now. I really do. They didn't do anything crazy to make them advance that much to, you know, based on the what they gave me here in the standings, they say that the Angels are an 87-75 and 75 team. I don't think that's true. I see them more of like an 81-80 win. Kind of thing, eighty to eighty-one wins, um, and I see Oakland A's being higher up there. Uh, but you can make the argument that the Astros can still win the West. Uh, I still think Oakland has it, but that's that's debatable. That's debatable. Now let's go to the NL. They have the Mets at first, Washington second, Phillies third, the Braves in fourth, and the Marlins in fifth. How on earth? How on earth? are you going to have Atlanta Braves at 82-80 and in fourth place? They should be way up there fighting with the Mets for first. Way up there. The Nationals and Phillies should be fighting for third and fourth. Um, Man, that's going to be interesting, the Phillies and the Nationals, because I personally think that the Phillies might end up in fourth and Nationals in third. But, uh, yeah, no. The Braves are not going to be in fourth place. NL Central, they got the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Pirates. Yes, Pirates last place. Yes, Reds fourth place. No, the, the Cardinals are not an 81-81 team. They are definitely going to be higher than that. I see the Cubs being in third, and the Cardinals, I have them as a first-place team above the Brewers, but you can make an argument that the Brewers will overtake the Central. But I don't see that. I see the the St. Louis Cardinals easily taking the Central. Um, it's kind of a weak NL Central, if you were to ask me. Um, as far as the, the West goes, of course, they have the Dodgers on first with 103 wins. That's interesting. Um, I don't see them winning 100. You know what? No, that's fine. I, I'll take 103. I'll take 103. I was going to say maybe 98 um, just because a lot of teams got better. Uh, specifically like the Padres, who they see so often. Um, So I see them winning maybe 98 games, 99, but 103 is a very good number. They have the Padres in second with 96 and 66, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and then the Rockies. Um, I like the placement. You can say that the Padres would overtake Dodgers. That's a very good argument. However, you cannot go wrong saying that the Dodgers will take the West. So I don't have a problem with the West. The Central is bad. NL East is a joke as to how they they projected it. It doesn't make sense to me. Now FanGraphs did a better job, I think, as far as their projected um, you know postseason odds is what they're calling it. So they got the Yankees at first. They got the the Blue Jays second, Red Sox third, Rays fourth. Poor Orioles, we love you, but they have a zero point zero percent chance of making the playoffs. And here they have that the AL East, they have the Yankees locking it down, ninety one point six percent of making the playoffs, and they got the 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 Blue Jays fifty three point six percent making the playoffs. I like that. Uh, the AL Central, they got the Twins at sixty five and a half, they got the White Sox at sixty and a half, they got the Indians at essentially seventeen and a half, the uh, the Royals at ten percent, and then Detroit at 2%. I like those standings a lot more. Um, I still think the White Sox are better than the Twins um, just a little bit. So that one you can flip-flop, and I have no problem with that at all. And then they have the West. They got the Astros at 71.5% at first place. I'm sorry, uh, playoff odds. They got the Angels in second at 37 and almost right under 38% odds of making the playoffs. I think it's lower than that. They got the Oakland A's at 21.8, the Mariners at 1.7, and they got the Rangers at 0.8%. I think the Rangers are going to be better than Seattle, but, hey, I could be wrong. Again, NL East, this one makes a whole lot more sense. They got the Mets, 81.2% first place, 81% chance of making playoffs, but they got them in first place. They got the Braves at second place, 67.8% playoff odds. I like that. The Nationals third, 24.6%, Phillies fourth, 13.4, and then the Marlins 0.7% and they're in fifth place. NL Central. Again, I like this a whole lot better. They got the Cardinals 36.2% playoff odds and they're going to be in first. Uh the the Brewers 35.4%, they're in second, Cubs 21.8, Reds 18.7, and the Pirates 0.4. And then the NL West, they got the Dodgers at 96.7% chance of making the playoff odds. That should be 100. We all know they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, the Padres, 92.9%. They're pretty tight there. And then you got the Giants, 7.9%. D-backs, 2.1%. Rockies, 0.1%. So, fan graphs, to me, makes a whole lot more sense. Baseball, prosper, what is it? prospectus? prospectus guys i can't read i don't know why i really can't read but what i do know are the fact that these projected standings is just terrible terrible and it was actually shared by mlb's twitter account i don't know how they did that it's terrible so hey i am curious to hear what are your projected uh line um no projected standings for 2021 share it with me you can either do it on email like i've been saying um at on deck with josh at gmail.com or you can hit up my twitter which is at on deck with josh i just made it today so it's brand new i don't really have followers or anything but hey you guys can always add me and i'd be more than happy to converse with you so that'll be it for today i will hit you guys up tomorrow and we'll see what we have in store see ya